SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on an Opposite Picks Tuesday. Well, the Bucks look dead. Bruins left for dead. Jets are dead. Uh, Suns rise in the second half. What's up, Doc? Expensive vacation for Rodgers. So much for the wise guys. And Alabama re-signs up Nikki Quick. We'll get to all those stories, push your phone calls, emails, and tweets. Little opposite picks, as we always do. Our six club parlays and our pyramid of winners as well, again, on this Tuesday, June 8th. Well, what's going on, LLs? Uh, once again, for the gazillion time, uh, the boys in Vegas went out over the wise guys. I tell you what, uh, you know, Phoenix did beat Denver last night, 122-105. We'll get to that. Late hockey overtime, Montreal finished off Winnipeg 3-2, and they win that series in four straight. But really, to me, the story last night was the Brooklyn Nets just beating the snot out of the Milwaukee Bucks, 125-86 to from start to finish. First time the Bucks lost wire to wire this year. 86-point season worse for Milwaukee. And also the Nets take a commanding 2-0 series lead. Teams up two zip in NBA playoff series, win 93% of the time, blah, 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 blah. And we know all that stuff, and we'll break it all down, all the minutia of it all. But really, to me, it's just, uh, you know, I'm doing my podcast yesterday in the afternoon after the morning show, obviously. And uh, I'm getting guys that are tweeting me, Scott, you know, I, I told you, I, in the morning show, I love the, you know, the bets, the laying one and a half. And I told you that line made absolutely no sense whatsoever. I said, you know, the Nets were only a three and a half, four point favorite in game one. They win going away, you know, without James Harden, except for the first 43 seconds. So don't worry about the Harden injury. And then the line lowered, you know, the old zigzag theory. But I said, it doesn't make any sense. If Brooklyn's at home, I mean, there was no respect for the Nets in game one. There's even little respect for the Nets in game two. Why are they only a point and a half favorite? Well, you know, as that uh, thing changed, it was ending up being Milwaukee as the one point favorite. And people were tweeting me and emailing me saying, you know, what's going on? Somebody knows something. Are there any injuries? And, you know, I'm looking at all the sites that give up the injuries for these games, and it's like, no, no I can't find anything. I don't, I don't see anything, so I don't know why they would make the Milwaukee Bucks a uh, favorite in this game, but they did on the road. And lo and behold, the Nets win this thing from just absolute start to finish. Double-digit lead, three minutes into the game. As I say, Bucks uh, first time all year they lost from start to finish. They never trailed in a game all year like they did here. It's just an embarrassing performance if you're a Bucks fan. I mean, just horrible. And all those so-called wise guys that changed that line. What do you have to say for yourself now? Scott Wetzel sitting in, just getting underway on this a Tuesday morning, six minutes past the hour, first of our two hours. Yeah, so the Nets went from only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And i got to tell you, that is a sure sign to stay away. It really is. In that if I see a bad line, like I think that Nets line was, one-and-a-half is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and then it gets even worse, 
Yeah, that is the you know the number one stay away. If, if you can't bet the Bucks, I fully understand. It, it really is like a stay away then because something, but you should. And it's another example. You know the gazillionth example how just you shouldn't let line movements affect what your thinking is. You really just shouldn't. I you know. I told you before. This is the one thing that guys think that other people know more than you about, right? Driving directions, no one knows more than me. Building something, no one knows more than me. Cooking something, no one knows more than me. Uh, working, no one knows more than me. You know, any anything, 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 anything except gambling. Then it's like, well, somebody must know something. Somebody must be, you know, well, why, why would that line switch to Milwaukee being a one-point favorite? I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I will tell you is, you know, in the worlds of line movements, going from one and a half favorite to one underdog, even though it is two and a half points, which generally is a pretty big swing, <clears throat> you know, that swing of being a one-point favorite to a one-point underdog, in essence, that, that doesn't take a whole lot of money for that to occur. You know, let that thing go from one to three and a half, then it's a different story. Or in the case of the Nets, you know, going from a one-and-a-half-point favorite, having it move two-and-a-half points, you go to the Nets, a four-point favorite, that's a lot of money. But going from minus one to plus one in essence. But that said, you know, all the wise guys. And then, you know what today is? It's going to be funny because everybody today is all going to say, oh, yeah, I had the Nets, I had the Nets, I had the Nets. The whole world had the Nets, but somehow or another the line changed to Milwaukee being favored. That's what you're going to get from the Scandi Cappers today. I And I just, ultimately, I don't get it. I I, I don't like this Bucks team. Never did, never will. Uh, they got one star player, and he's a ball hog in these games. He doesn't know how to play team basketball. He tries to bully ball it, and that's not getting it done in the postseason. It hasn't got done this series. It didn't get done last year. It didn't get two years again in the postseason. They're not going to win that way. They're just not going to win. And ultimately, when this Nets team is focused like it is right now, they're unstoppable. No one's going to beat them. Nobody. I told you, Nets in a sweep, but it's going to happen. Opposite picks just getting underway, hour number one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Perfect personality for this team. I know there's been concern about continuity. It's hard to run and Irving not able to get on the court at the same time to run. Here's Irving with a standing three. As well as anyone, just unguardable. There's Kyrie again, this time on the move, hits the three. So he does it in a number of ways. Kyrie Irving. Tyler Johnson has checked in for the Knights and getting it to Mike James, who's able to drill it. But it's going to take an incredible effort at home for them in game three. Wawu Cabrera has also just checked in for the Nets. His usual presence, in fact, two for seven at the foul line. Chris Middleton not able to get... You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. 
Yeah, Marv Albert there with the call as the Nets win big over the Bucks on, uh, I think that was ESPN, maybe TNT, not sure. 125 to 86, game goes way under, so the first two games go way under with those monster totals. You know, box scores last night, as far as the points are concerned, uh, awful game for the Greek freak, who's really not Greek, only 18 points. Middleton had only 17 and down it went from there. Uh, Nets, uh, they had 32 out of Durant. They had 22 out of Kyrie. They had uh, 13 out of Joe Harris uh, and uh, only seven out of Blake Griffin, although he had a couple of monster dunks that uh, brought the house down there a little bit. And uh, Mike James added 10 after having a pretty decent game. So you didn't even have the, the sub guys. You didn't have the, the, you know, the 40-point performance. What you did have was just great shooting from the Nets. 52% from the field, 50% from three-point land. They, they took nearly half their shots from three last night. They were 21 of 42 from three-point land. They only took 94 shots. So 42 three-pointers, 52 regular shots, if you will. And, and half of those were dunks. So, I mean, they probably only took about 25, like, two-point shots. And when you hit 50% of your threes, you're not going to lose. You're just not going to lose. So Nets win big, and they take a commanding 2-0 series lead. Buckshot just 29% from three, only 44% from the field, and uh, only 44% from the charity stripe as well. No big deal, four of nine when you lose by 50 points, basically, or 41 anyway. What's the difference? But I, I, just, I don't get this love affair for the Milwaukee Bucks. I just I, I have it all season long. Um, you know, they're a good team. The, the Greek freak there is, is phenomenal when he can be, but it's just uh, I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, you know, Budenholzer, if he doesn't get fired after this year, then, uh, you know, God bless him because he knows something or has pictures of somebody because that, that club has been a disappointment year in, year out in the postseason. And I told you before the series began, if you get the Nets A game, there's not a team in the league this year that was going to beat them with or without Harden. Any two of the three, because they actually have a pretty good supporting cast. They they really do. Listen, getting Blake Griffin, he had a monster game one, uh, had big moments last night. Uh, Joe Harris is actually pretty darn good. They got a halfway decent bench. Uh, Shaman hit two big threes when the Bucks were trying to make a little bit of a run. They do have a pension for just getting big shots out of these secondary players. It, it really is. And if you watch them play, and the numbers reflect that. You know, you don't get too many 40-point games out of Kevin Durant anymore. You really don't, at least not in this postseason. His log this postseason, 32, you know, which obviously is good, but it, it's not like monster, monster. 32, 29, 24, did have 42 in a, in a 141-126 game against the, uh, the Celtics. 39, which obviously is pretty close, 26-32. So he, he's going to get you 30. But he generally doesn't go for the, you know, he's not the Damian Lillard. He's not Devin Booker. He's not going for 47. Not that he can't. He doesn't have to with this team. You know, the Damian Lillard and Devin Booker, they have to. Durant doesn't have to with his Nets team. They are a pretty good team without Durant and without Kyrie, which is why their record reflected that in the regular season when one or both of those guys were out and they still won. So they poo-pooed the regular season and – they're, 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 it's not even close how good they are when they want to play. And these first two games, they wanted to play. 
I figured as much. I really did. They didn't want to play against the Celtics. They screwed around that series. But this series, they're actually playing defense. They're hitting their shots. You you see it. They're just, again, that line movement going from them uh, being only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which I thought was ridiculously low, to being an underdog. The Brooklyn Nets are an underdog to the Milwaukee Bucks. Are you kidding me? Wow. You know, every once in a while, you get a gift from the boys in Vegas and FanDuel, and that was it last night. I hope you didn't allow the line movement to sway you. And the Nets are a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Milwaukee uh, for game three on uh, the 10th. What is that, uh, Thursday? Yeah. Um, So you get two days off. They're talking about Harden playing again, but why bother? You know what? You got a game to give. So I wouldn't play him even if he was healthy. I wouldn't play him in a game three, even though you have two days off in between games two and three, because, you know, you could win this series without him. And if you could play without him as long as possible, that's what you want to do. But you want to give me three and a half points with this Nets team? Are you kidding me? I I tell you, these guys, plus one, you'll never get a better underdog play on the money line than the Nets plus 140 or 138, but 140 with the Nets. You want to give me the Nets and odds? Are you kidding me? Are are these guys watching these games? I mean, I get it. The Bucs, you know, beat the Miami Heat in four straight. I get that. But, you know, last time I checked, the Bucks had a worse record than the Nets in the regular season. And the Nets are, you know, the, the kingpins. They're the ones that are favorites to win it all, win the East, the whole kit and caboodle. And you're now going to either give me points or plus odds. Like I said, you'll never have a better underdog money line bet than you will the Brooklyn Nets plus 140. Now, maybe they don't win, but you want to give me that? I will take that any day of the week. Embarrass- embarrassing performance by the Milwaukee Bucks. You lose by 41 points. That's funny how Vegas and FanDuel can be, right? A team loses by 40, well, 39 points. 39 points. And now they're the favorite. You, you just got your ass kicked right? by 39 after dropping the first game. And now you're going to be a favorite. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Game number two, Phoenix beat Denver 122-105. Disappointed in the Nuggets' performance in that not only were they leading, they were up 10 midway through the third quarter. They they were hanging tough. They were toe-to-toe with the Suns. They're, They're starting to pull away. They're up 10. And then it just stopped. Just stopped. Suns go on a 25-7 run to end the third. They push that to a 39-12 run. And uh, they win going away 122-105. Game does go over. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Over and Nets, our two best plays yesterday uh, with our uh, podcast guys. Uh, so we won some money there. But, you know, Denver had a chance to win that game. You know, up 10. This is where, you know, if the Joker's going to be the MVP of the league, then – Somebody somehow has got to step up and say, all right, you know, here, take over. We need you. We're dying here, a fast death. So go ahead, you know, take some shots, do something. He only had 22 points last night, 10 of 23. They only shot 46%, which is not horrible, 35% from a three-point land, but you can't get outscored 39 to 12. I mean, that, that was uh, that's your ballgame. You know, they got outscored overall by 10 in the third quarter. 
by eight in the uh, in the fourth quarter. So with that 39-12 stretch, that was it. It's too bad, you know, because they had a, a golden opportunity to win this one. And I still think they're going to win this series. I, I thought they were going to, you know, it, it figured it would be like a six-game or seven-game series. But you don't have many opportunities to kind of snare one, and this was one of those. Sun shot 54% for the floor. Boy, everybody, you know, 8 of 12, 9 of 13, 8 of 14, 8 of 12. Crowder was only the worst one for the starting unit, 5 of 13. Otherwise, those starters, boy, they just didn't miss. Holy crow. All right, opposite picks. We'll take out the, check out the hockey next and then the games for later on tonight. Uh, Sports Grid Radio, Series 6, M204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Clippers have struggled tonight with a shot, one of five with five points. He sways into the paint and hits the deck, and here comes the terrific call, the trailing eight, and down it goes. He squirted through and then fed to the trailer. Others have scored like Bridges is in right now. Paul got the screen, finds an open lane. Pazzo and Gordon. play over Booker on the shot. The 16-point game was a 19-point game. Here comes Paul on top Booker in the green. The Ring it up. Phoenix Suns game one, 122-105. And how important is it to win that first game? Uh, TNT there last night as uh, the Phoenix Suns do win. How important is it, 122-105? I don't think it's very important, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, every game is important in the best of seven. It's not like you have 22 games here. So it's, uh, you know, obviously important. But is it any more? No, it's, you know, probably the least important game uh, outside of a, a game three when it's 1-1 maybe. But uh, otherwise, that this is not necessarily a throwaway game, but uh, you got a gazillion teams that arrived from one nothing down to win. So you'd like to win from Denver's standpoint just because you'd get home court advantage away from the Phoenix Suns, but it's really not that that big a deal. So And if anything, Denver comes out of this thing kicking themselves, thinking, you know what, we were there. We were right there. We had them by 10. We are up double digits in this game. We should have won this thing. So um, I don't think you take anything away from it, except for the fact that they just didn't play well. You know, for whatever reason, they, they got stopped there in the second half. No one stepped up. And, uh, you know, maybe that's what separates them from being a championship caliber team because every team outside of the Nets are going to have some serious runs uh, or, and droughts. You need someone to step up, but, uh, you know, they didn't have it last night. All right, let's take a look at our opposite picks and our six club parlays and all the other things that we do, normally hour number two. I'd like to switch things around a little bit. Um, opposite picks-wise, uh, we had Milwaukee plus one and a half as we love the Nets, right? Best play on the board. That was a loser. Uh, we did have Phoenix minus the fives. I thought the Suns would win. I thought they would win outright. That was a winner. Uh, had the Islanders plus 160. 
as the Bruins lose. Uh, you know, you can't lay a buck 80 in a, in a playoff game. You, you just can't. So Islanders take a, you know, we'll get to that here in a second, a 3-2 series lead. So that was a winner. Uh, did have Winnipeg as the opposite pick. Love Montreal to close them out. Took them overtime, but they did. So that was a loser. And then, uh, you know, we gave you the over Kansas City LA Angels as one of our better plays. So we went opposite of that one. I like to kind of separate those, but uh, there weren't that, that many games yesterday. So under eight and a half Kansas City LA that thing flew over there and finished with 11 runs. So even if you got it at nine, you were an easy winner there. So what is that? 0-1, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 2-3, and but one of your winners was a plus 160 on the Islanders. So basically even, but 2-3. and We don't uh, deal with the odds too much because we figure that's going to balance itself out. So we'll do our uh, six-pack of, uh, check that five-pack of opposite picks uh, later on uh, in hour number two. As far as our pyramid plays are concerned, not bad. We had uh, Brooklyn Land one and a half, our best NBA play, winner. Did have Michael Porter Jr. over 20 and a half points, and he finished with 15. That was a loser. Uh, gave you Montreal's our best hockey play, winner. Gave you under Tyler Toffoli shots on goal, two and a half. That was a loser. He scored the game winner. That was his third shot on net. You know, if they had these in regulation, that would have been a winner. So rare, rare, rare NHL uh, prop loser. And it serves us right for going under. We should have just stuck with Pasternak or, or Bergeron with the Bruins. <clears throat> that that was dumb. Baseball over Kansas City, uh, L.A., winner. There were no WNBA games. And then uh, we said if you're playing just one, take the Nets minus the one and a half. So that was the winner. So our season totals, NBA play of the day, 41 and 25. Prop 30 and 29. NHL play of the day, 36 and 32 for a minus 530. But our prop from the NHL, 36 and 21 for plus 1410. Our baseball play of the day, 29 and 21 for plus 290. NBA were 11 and 5, and then playing only one, 39 and 27. So, where are we going to go today? Eh, we're stewing on that. We'll give you that in hour number two. Our six-club parlay, number 37. We're 333 overall, but for plus $2,342 based on a $100 bet. So we're still playing with house money here. Uh, we hit with Brooklyn minus one. So now we're 2-0. and We hit with the over Seattle-Dallas WNBA game on Friday. We hooked with the Nets last night. So two down, four to go. Number 38, we hit with the over Royals-Angels. Cha-ching, cha-ching. So uh, we're 2-0 and on that one as we gave you Las Vegas Friday night uh, against Colorado. The game they won game three. So we got two alive, two down, four to go. Where are we going to go today on those? And we'll give you that in hour number two as well, as we got to uh, figure these these things things out. Uh, you know, lines are just coming out. And we'll take a look at them in between the breaks, and we'll figure out. But we do that generally hour number two. But again, like to switch it. So we're two and zero. We got to get it to four and zero, and then we really got to concentrate. So let's check out the baseball. Maybe we get a nice fat uh, two twenty baseball winner. I do like the Utah Jazz tonight. I must say, uh, you got Arizona in action tonight. Diamondbacks have lost 17 straight road games. 17. I, you know, I tried you know, you know, Googling longest MLB road losing streak, and I got all kinds of streaks, but I couldn't find one for, for road losing streaks. I'm sure there have been longer ones, but there can't be that many longer. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. Baseball yesterday, only three games. So we didn't have anything going on in any of those games. 
We didn't give anything out uh, yesterday morning. We got a bunch, though, for today's. We got a full slate. Uh, I like Oakland. Going to lay the run and a half against Arizona. Going to go at Milwaukee. They have quietly won 9 of 10. They get uh, plus 115 odds at Cincinnati. Uh, I like Colorado, plus 140 at Miami. I know, that's sacrilegious. They got five road wins all year. But they played a little bit better. They've won five of their last eight. Uh, They did win their last road game at Pittsburgh. But really, more importantly, Miami has a tough little road trip here. They finished up a series in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Had to fly to Boston yesterday, or at least last night after the Pittsburgh game, to have uh, finish up a makeup game against the Red Sox. Uh, and now they got to fly from Boston back to Miami. So back-to-back road trips from Pittsburgh to Boston, which isn't far, but it's the headache of getting into a hotel and going in the airport and on the plane and flying and dealing with that nonsense, and then having to turn around the very next day and then fly from Boston to Miami, which is a halfway decent trip. So they got to be road-weary. If, if for no other reason, even if you say to yourself, well, these guys are young and dumb, Scott, you know what, who cares? And, and I do buy into that. But chances are very, very, very good. The regulars won't be playing tonight. Uh, if they didn't sit out yesterday and their normal lineup was in yesterday, they'll be sitting out today. So even though they probably could handle it, they won't be in a lineup. You're going to get a B lineup from Miami today. So uh, as crazy as it sounds, putting American money on Colorado, I'll do it because of Miami's uh, playing schedule the last two days. And then uh, we'll go with Kansas City plus 115 against the L.A. Angels uh, later on tonight. Our everyday play, we're going to go back on against the Stankies. Uh, they're playing the Twinkies. Pick them in Minnesota. Uh, we're going to go against the Red Sox. We're playing the Astros again. I don't know. It seems like they played the Astros like 50 times over the last three weeks. It's amazing. So they're uh, at home. The Astros are actually a minus 120 road favorite. And uh, Walker Bueller's on the hill today playing at Pittsburgh. He's only a minus 190 favorite. How about that? I know it's at Pittsburgh, but it's the Pirates and it's the Dodgers. And he's only minus 190. Boy, that, that's one of those games where you would have thought he would be like minus uh, three to one at the beginning of the year when we were figuring out whether the Dodgers would ever be an underdog this season, and uh, they've yet to be. Um, that that was one of those where we figured out, right, you know, any any game against the Pirates, you know they're going to be a two-to-one favorite at, at least. And uh, despite having Bueller on the mound, it's actually not. How about that? Hockey last night. Yeah, Montreal finished off Winnipeg 3-2 in overtime. Tyler Toffoli, the game winner, less than two minutes into the extra session. So the Canadians now await the winner of Colorado-Las Vegas. Islanders beat the Bruins 5-4 to take a 3-2 series lead. Tuka Rask pulled after two periods. They were down 3-2. He stinks. God, he's, I'm a Bruins fan. He is so overrated. He gives up more soft goals. He's going to cost them again. You know, the same guy. It's amazing. He cost the Bruins last year by walking out of the bubble, leaving the club high and dry, and that was going to cost them in the postseason this year because he stinks. You lose to the, they're going to lose to the New York Islanders. Unbelievable. The New York Islanders. This team couldn't score with a $20 bill at a cheap brothel house. It's amazing, and yet they're going to beat the Bruins. Head coach Bruce Cassidy afterwards was complaining about the officiating. And listen, I get it, but you know, that's a that's a bad sign. Whenever a head coach starts complaining about the refs, 
that's a sign of desperation. That's a sign where I, I don't have anything else left. I've tried everything possible, and all I have now is get the officials on our side. We're down 3-2. Let me complain about them, and then maybe the next game the officials will look our way because I complained against them the previous game. That That's really all that is. Uh, does he have anything to it? You know, there were eight penalties on the Bruins, only four for the Islanders. I don't know. Um you know what? They dominated most of these games, and yet they can't score. Uh, Islanders have been outshot nearly two to one in every single game, or outplayed two to one in every single game, and yet somehow or another they have a three-two series lead. So, not a good look if you're a Bruins fan. And this was going to be the year. You know, no Pittsburgh Penguins, no Vetchkin. You know, you got Tampa Bay. I get that, but you know. Uh, it, it, uh, it's not looking good if you're a boss. Bad loss. Bad loss last night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hinge in, Barzell with a shot, he scores! He does it again, Matt Barzell is on a run. Moved around for Bailey. Slowly in, out in front, a chance, they score! All alone at the side of the goal, guess who? Kyle Palmieri. He Cross corner, Pauvillier. He'll circle the track. Move it to the outside again, right out in front. Here's a chance for Bailey, he scores! That's lucky. What a play. Josh Bailey alone in front. Beautiful combination work. And the Islanders have a 3-2 lead. Tenorti's a left shot with a right stick. Cross it goes. Eberle. He scores! Jordan Eberle on the weak side. Left alone and he picks a spot. Another power play goal. Pelic across they go. Here's Nelson. He scores! Brock Nelson set up beautifully by Anthony Beauvillier and the Islanders in Game 5 have a 5-2 lead. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. NBC Sports there with the call, and the Islanders go on to win it 5-4. to four. They hold on. Boston scored a couple of goals there. They had about uh, about five or six minutes left to try and score that uh, tying one, but they couldn't get it done. So Islanders take a 3-2 series lead, and uh, they'll try and close it out. I think Thursday is their next game. Actually, tomorrow, I think it is. Wednesday is their next game. So Tukaras pulled after two periods. I imagine he'll go back in there for a game six, but... Uh, not not a good look. Not a good look if you're a Bruins fan. Montreal, meanwhile, finished off Winnipeg Jets. They got to be. I tried looking this up also. They, they have to be the only team, I'm pretty sure of this, that swept the club as they did Edmonton in the first round and then get swept not only later on in the playoffs, but the very next series. How, how strange is that? You know, you, you're playing great, you sweep a team, and then you get swept. They lose 3-2 in overtime. Tyler Toffoli, less than two minutes into the extra session, finishes it off for Montreal. And the Canadian, the Montreal Canadiens are in the semifinals. I know it's a goofy year and all this other stuff with COVID and how this playoffs were set up, but ultimately it kind of is the same uh, as it was, you know, previously, you know, they, they always had these divisions and they'd had the playoffs within the division and then, they, you know, they advance on. But Montreal with 59 points had the fewest points of any playoff team by far. 
You know, well, Nashville had 64, so I guess that's not that that far. Uh, and St. Louis had 63, but Montreal did have the fewest. The top two teams in the North, as we've talked about before, Toronto and Edmonton gone. The third place team gone, and now you have Montreal there, which means they get the winner of Colorado Vegas, which means. You kind of knew that uh, for a little while here, but the the winner of Vegas, Colorado, for all intents and purposes, has got a trip into the Stanley Cup Finals. There's no way Montreal's beating them. That North Division, uh, whether it was Toronto with only 77 points or Edmonton or Winnipeg, it was an awful division with Calgary, Ottawa, and Vancouver. I mean, think you had like two absolute brutal teams in Vancouver and Ottawa, and the Canadians still only got 59 points. And the leader of the division, Toronto still only got 77. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh got 77, but think about they were playing Washington. They were playing Boston. They were playing the Islanders. They were playing the Rangers. They were playing the Flyers. He did have a couple of dog teams in Buffalo, New Jersey, but th- those are some real good teams compared to the stiffs that the, the, the Maple Leafs and Oilers were playing, and uh, they still got the, the same amount or fewer points. So cakewalk for Colorado Vegas. And speaking of wish, uh, which it is amazing. Games number one and two of that series, Colorado was nearly a two-to-one favorite, which I thought was way out of line, right? Way, way out of line. And Colorado did win both games. But after dropping games three and four, FanDuel has them as only a 155 favorite. How about that? And you could get Colorado to win this series at minus 145. Boy, that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, game three was, uh, anybody's game, you know, game four was a blowout five to one, you know, that stuff's going to happen just like game one was a blowout for Colorado seven to one. So I have, you know, theoretically the better team, two home games, and I only have to lay minus 145 for them to win the series. Wow. What happened? You know, I mean, I know they lost two games. I get that, but they were still a plus or a minus one ninety five in game one. You know, they were minus two to one in game two. Um, you know, when we didn't know Colorado was going to be beating the crap out of them for two games, and and now they're only minus one fifty five. And I saw some books have it at one forty five. And again, you could have Colorado for the series at one forty five. Uh, that that's uh, that's telling you Colorado may be losing one of these next games. I don't think so, or three games. But um, well, I tell you what, it is tempting, right? Tampa Bay's playing minus one twenty tonight at Carolina as the uh, Lightning try and finish off the Hurricanes, leading it three games to one. I think they will. Under normal circumstances, I would say no, but I, I think Tampa Bay finishes off Carolina tonight. It's been a little while since they played. Carolina's got a chance to regroup. Um, you know, under normal positions, a team would lose a game five, knowing, all right, we got game six back home. We'll win it there. But, yeah, you generally don't have that kind of thinking in hockey. Uh, you really don't. You know, hockey players, they realize how tough the postseason is. They just want to get this stuff over with. So I, I would not be surprised to see Tampa Bay win tonight. They are the better team. Baskets tonight, you got Philadelphia laying five and a half now against Atlanta. Boy, I know this is the proverbial zigzag theory. Favorite game one loses. You know, if you just take the thinking out of it all, you have to play Philadelphia. You, you just, I don't know what the records are of teams that are favorites, the higher seed that lose game one, what their records are in game two. 
I guarantee you, though, they probably win like 65% of the time and cover. You know, it, it's a real standard bet, bet Philadelphia. And that line opened at four and a half, saw it go to five. I wake up this morning and it's up to five and a half. Uh, it probably will go to six. I got to tell you, though, this Hawks team, um, they're pretty darn good. You know, they're 33-12. and 12. They got the best record. I don't know if it's the NBA, but I know it's the, at least the Eastern Conference. They got the best record in the Eastern Conference over the last three months at 33-12 and 12 under Nate McMillan, counting the playoff games. Now, you want to give me five and a half points? Boy, they only ended up winning game one by four, but they beat the crap out of Philadelphia. That was a double-digit lead from start to finish. There's some, there's a little magic going on with this Hawks team. You know, I don't know if I would be taking Philadelphia tonight, even though I, I like them in game one. But this Hawks team, whether it's winning game five in New York against the Knicks, when they very easily could have rolled over and just won game six at home, um, and whether it's, you know, coming off that Knicks series, emotional series, uh, short turnaround, and they face a Philadelphia team that was resting and they still beat the crap out of Philadelphia with Ben, uh, with, with the Joel Embiid. They got a little something going here. Boy, I, I tell you, I don't know what Lloyd Pierce will ever get another head coaching job, but, you know, Nate McMillan sure is winning with that club. They were 14 and 20 under Pierce, 33 and 12 under McMillan. Can a coach in the NBA, I didn't think that was possible, that an NBA coach could make that big a difference. And then here's the kicker. I, I, don't, I don't get this stuff. So, you know, you watch these games, and I remember I was doing in-game live when the game was going on in Atlanta, Philadelphia, me and Joe Lisi uh, Sunday afternoon. So I wasn't watching it intently, just corner my eye type of stuff. So as it turns out, Ben Simmons really wasn't guarding Trey Young. And he told reporters afterwards that he wants to guard Young from this point forward. Yeah, I probably will do that. I want to. So if the refs ain't going to call so many fouls, nice English, I could be physical and be 6'10", that I'll be 6'10", but we'll see. So I guess the thinking for Philadelphia is we're not going to have Simmons guard Trey Young because he's going to get Simmons into foul trouble, and that's going to be the end. While I'll appreciate that for its face value, if you're Doc Rivers, you know, I don't know. You have to be a genius. You got a guy who, again, wants to preach to the world. He's the best defender in the NBA. He said that on many of occasions, you know, him going back and forth with Gobert and Draymond Young. and uh, He's made many statements saying that he thinks he's the best defender in the game. If you got the best defender in the game, and you got clearly the number one guy from Atlanta. They both play the same position. They're both guards. I mean, I don't know. Do you have to be a genius to say, okay, let's take that great defender and have them guard the great player? Uh, you know, you wonder why Doc Rivers hasn't won in the postseason except for the one year with Boston. You know, you wonder why he he choked away a three-two lead against the Celtics or against the Lakers. You wonder why he failed to ever get it done with the Clippers. It's because of stupid things like this. You know, I mean, I I don't think he's a very good head coach. I just don't. And I remember thinking the same thing. I don't remember the circumstances, but there have been a couple of situations in the postseason where I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this with Doc Rivers? I mean, 
You know, Simmons is telling the world, and you're telling the world, Doctor, you got the best defender in the NBA, and you got a guy from Atlanta that, that's torching you, that you figured would torch you. I, I don't understand how you don't go into the Atlanta Hawks series saying, all right, I'm going to put Simmons on Trey Young. And you know what? So what if you lose Simmons? The guy scores 10 points a game. You're not losing 25 points here. I mean, he's on this team because he can play defense and distribute the basketball. That That's his role with this team. So now you're taking away the role that he has with the team, and what are you left with? Uh, you know, a 6'10 guard who just stands around and does basically nothing. I mean, my goodness, you know, you know hello, anybody home there, Doc? Are you, you know, are you thinking here? Have you been around basketball before? Get your best defender and have him guard their best player. You know, if you lose, then you walk away saying, you know what, they're better than us. I got to tell you. Ben Simmons isn't the best defender in the NBA. He really isn't that good. He really should work on his free throws. He really should work on his jump shot because defensively, he's not stopping the better guys. But if you lose because your best defender is guarding some other stiff and you're sticking 69-year-old, you know, whoever on on, uh, on Trey Young, you know, uh, I mean... You, you wonder why you lose these games. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, right? I mean, I don't know. I could have a 10-year-old say, yeah, let's put our best defender on their guy's best player. You know, it's, you got to be a, you know, a, a guru in basketball to realize that. No, they don't do that in Philadelphia. Instead, they're going to put, um, you know, guys, uh, you know, uh, that are older than dirt on him. And uh, and Thibel, who's supposedly good, yeah, good for nothing. And Danny Green—that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, Danny Green was guarding him as well. Yeah, he's 110. Psh, unbelievable. So I like the Hawks tonight. You know what? I think the Hawks are going to win. I love Utah though tonight. I think that's the best bet on the board. We'll put that in our pyramid plays. Um, think about road trips and everything else. You know, we talked about that with the Miami Marlins and baseball. Clippers coming off, albeit at home. But a big win, emotional win against Dallas just the other night. Now they got to hop on a plane two days later, play at Utah, high altitude. Utah's been hanging around here for a little bit. I don't know if Conley's going to play tonight or not. They're only laying four. They did beat the Clippers two of three in the regular season as well. Oh, I like Utah a lot tonight. That that line of only being four, what is the one team that gets a lot of respect outside of the Brooklyn Nets or the L.A. Clippers? Um, to me, the Jazz should be a solid five and a half, six point favorite tonight. I think they win. They win that game going away. I am not in love with the L.A. Clippers. Opposite picks. We'll do our poll question next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, check out our poll question. Uh, first up, let us recap yesterday's poll question. Scott Wetzel sitting in, closing out hour number one of our two-hour extravaganza. Had the Mayweather poll uh, fight, if you want to call it that, Sunday night. So next celebrity boxing match you'd want to see, hands-down winner. This might be our most lopsided pool uh, poll question ever. 
Kepka versus DeChambeau, uh, getting 76% of the vote. Rodgers versus the Packer GM, uh, getting almost 10%. LeBron versus Michael, getting almost 9 And then the proverbial other, uh, getting just under 5% of the vote. Today's poll question, what has the best chance of happening this year with more Aaron Rodgers nonsense coming out from yesterday? Uh, Rodgers playing, from Gre- uh, playing for Green Bay. Deshaun Watson playing for the Texans, uh, Jimmy G playing for the 49ers, or uh, Brady and the Bucs winning another Super Bowl. So early on, Jimmy G playing for the 49ers appears to be the best bet, getting uh, over 52% of the vote. Brady and the Bucs getting uh, 29% of the vote, and then Rodgers playing for Green Bay and Watson playing for the Texans getting just 5%. I, I agree with you. I don't think that's play, And I don't think Rodgers is going to play for uh, for Green Bay either. I think ultimately they're going to trade him. Uh, RH tweets in, those four things don't even uh, correlate. So what? And actually they do. Three out of the four do. The Brady one doesn't, but the other ones do. Um, let's see. I got a couple of new followers. I always like to give, uh, guys props. If you want to follow me at opposite picks, Chris Neal is now following us and FD guru, uh, a DFS enthusiast is now uh, following us as well. So FD appreciate that. And, uh, just go to your opposite picks feed and, uh, you too can follow yours truly. All right. We got shots on goal props for, uh, next hour. We got opposite picks next hour. We got our six club parlay next hour. We have uh, French open tennis next hour as we'll update our little, uh, what do you want to call a strategy that we had with, uh, with the women's French open. And we'll check out uh, what's going on football wise with Aaron Rodgers as well. As uh, more news came out yesterday, it's it's kind of the same old thing, except he's not going to show up. So we kind of known that for a little while. But hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up. Opposite Pick, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204.